today's episode, I'm joined by Baz Moffat. And the reason why this is probably one of my favourite conversations I've had on the podcast is partly because I've been trying to get Baz on the show since back in March when I heard her and her Well HQ co-founders do an incredible presentation at PerformX. All of them are so well-spoken. In particular, Baz's ability to communicate this information is just fantastic. So I'm incredibly excited for you to hear today's episode, which is on menopause and pelvic floor health. Quick little bit of insight into Baz. Baz has a MSc in health-related behavioural change from the University of Bristol. She has a first-class sports science degree from the University of Birmingham, and she even rode for Team GB, where they took a medal at the 2007 World Championships. As I said, this is one of my favourite conversations that I've had on the podcast, and I'm incredibly excited for you to all hear this message and how Baz communicates it, which is just fantastic. As always, if you've got any questions, please feel free to let us know. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for being here, Baz. This is an extra special episode for me because two reasons. One, absolutely loved your talk um, along with your co-founders at PerformX. So yeah, can't wait to just listen and learn more from you. But also I've been trying to get you on since PerformX. So it feels extra special to have you here today. So firstly, thank you so much for, for coming in. Thank you very much for having me. It's a really important topic, obviously, menopause that we're going to be getting into today, um, especially since it's Menopause Awareness Month. So, yeah, it's something that I don't know a massive amount about in, in comparison to some other areas of female health, just because the majority of my clients are a little bit uh, younger. They're not kind of quite at that age. So selfishly, I'm also very excited to, to learn from you today. But before we get into that, um, bring us back to the beginning, if that's OK. Tell me a little bit about your backstory and how that ties into the Well HQ and meeting your co-founders. Yeah, amazing. Uh I'll try and do it as quickly as possible. But I think that I was, I arrived in this world loving sport. And so I think from a, I can't ever remember not doing sport and physical activity. And I wasn't particularly good at it. I just kind of threw myself into everything. So I was on every single kind of team at school. Again, not very good, but just kind of loved it. Entered into my teenage years and got into athletics um, and was a high jumper. And um, I was kind of all right. Like I kind of got onto English schools level and was kind of competitive, trained, really hard um but then went to university and I lost my period and at, this was kind of back in the early two, you know late night but it wasn't quite 2000 it was around about 2000 so back then no one but I looked healthy I was sporty I was studying sports science I definitely wasn't anorexic but I kind of was you know nowadays absolutely I'd have been diagnosed with reds and I'd have been supported in that space but back then no one really cared and I just had that mindset of like, oh, like I'm not jumping. I'm I'm not doing as well as everybody else. I'll train harder and I'll eat less. And that was kind of the mentality that I took. And I just went into this downward spiral. I was not aware of it at the time. But, you know, um, it, in hindsight, that was very much what was happening. Yeah. So high jump athletics was never I was never going to get to the standard that I w wanted to. So gave that up, left university, started rowing. I was like, oh my goodness, this sport is amazing. These women are Amazonian. They are so they are powerhouses. And if anyone knows any rowers, like especially female rowers, they are so strong. And there is generally there there will be some people that have eating issues, but most people have a really positive relationship with food because you have to eat so mm. much to kind of to to cope with the level of training. And so I just adored it. I love the team element. I loved I I love the training. I, I love the healthy relationship that these women had with their bodies and food. And, and I kind of got quite good at it. And I thought, oh, you know what? Like, I might, maybe I'll just go, see if I can go international on this. And so I did. I mean, obviously it was a bit harder than that. But essentially <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, let's I give it a I decided that I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That was kind of it. Um, so we got onto the British rowing team, was on there for four years, adored it, loved it. Was, you know, arguably on the best rowing team in the world. Um, 
part of that kind of very fully focused elite athlete mindset and then retired from that sport and went into personal training and again I I don't, I love, I just love coaching. And I know that when I'm in my 70s, I will be doing strength and conditioning classes for 70-year-old women in church halls around the country. And I I, I absolutely will go back to that route because I just love coaching women in particular. Um, And had two children. And when I had my children, um, often that's a time in a woman's life when pelvic floor comes into sharp focus. And it came into real sharp focus with me as well. And I thought, you know what, I want to kind of help. I still want to stay in fitness. I want to stay within this exercise space. But I want to help women with their pelvic health because I can see the impact that pelvic floor dysfunction is having on women, on their confidence, on their mental health, on their enjoyment of physical activity. But not only that, their ability to function in the workplace. And I'm like, these women are literally floored by this pelvic floor these pelvic floor issues so I kind of got fully focused on pelvic health and working one-on-one my business was thriving I was like I never had a problem with getting getting clients in or filling my classes it was it was extraordinary but I kind of was like god this is ridiculous like people are paying me a lot of money to learn really basic things about their body like I am teaching them stuff that they, we should know. We should know as women. They shouldn't have to come and have a one-to-one or a, a, a session with me to kind of work this out. And so there's just this thing in my head as like, right, as soon as my youngest is at school, is in reception, I'm going to go big. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't, I didn't have a like, I didn't. The well wasn't the plan. I'm like, I need to go big with this because I want to have a bigger voice and a bigger stage in which I can educate women about the basics. And and so that was in my mindset of like, okay, like I'm going to start exploring this. And I think when you're in a place of like being open to see like what's next, like what can I do, kind of the right people come along and, yeah. and you see them and you're like, and you spot them. And so there was um, a couple of people that I was introduced to and I just knew in a heartbeat, I was like, I want you and I want you and this is my plan. And I kind of like, can I sell it to you? I don't really know what the plan is, but I know kind of <laughs> where I want to get to, but will you come with me? Um, off the back of that, you know, um, Dr. Bella Smith, who's a NHS GP, um, we started working in the menopause space together, kind of delivering menopause talks uh, from a medical perspective and a and a, a fitness and lifestyle perspective. And then Dr. Emma Ross, who's an academic doctor, who's been the, the head of the Olympic and Paralympic uh, teams from a physiological perspective. Um, I read about her in an article and I was like, I have to work with that woman <laughs> and um, wrote to her. She ignored me for quite a few months but (laughs) eventually got in contact and we just met and I was like this is the team like this is we can cover the whole of female health and we also have we both well all three of us have that absolute belief that you educate people and let them make the choice we don't come in with a with an app with a with a pill with a milkshake like we don't come in with a with a fix and say this is it like we've got your solution to all your problems we say you need to learn about your body and we will educate you, and then you choose. And I and I just love that. And that's what we started over three years ago now. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that story. I mean, I'd absolutely love to spend a whole episode just kind of, I think that would be really valuable from like a startup building a business perspective. So I'd absolutely love to, to hear more about that at some point if possible. Um, so yeah, super, super inspiring. And then tell me a little bit more about what the hell World HQ have been up to since, the, since you first come together. Yeah, a lot. And it's honestly been the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life, like setting up this business. Harder than getting onto the British team, harder than getting onto podiums at world championships. It was, yeah. it's, I I had never 
my whole experience of sport, I'd never really like I'd ne- I'd never felt an injustice. I'd never felt that I w- we were being treated differently to the men, or that the patriarchy existed, or that like men got more exposed. I just didn't feel that, and I just felt it's okay. Like we're fighting, we're trying to get, we're trying to get wh- where we want to get to. I was kind of never really experienced it. So we said, our mission at the well is to educate everybody in sport and exercise about the female body, like full stop. And everyone goes, great, that's a brilliant idea. Like, why on earth are we not doing this already? And, you know, then you go on to explain that actually a PE teacher, a personal trainer, a sports coach, there is no default education around the female body. And we're in 2023 and the majority of your clients, especially in fitness, are probably women. Like, it's awful. that's awful. You might have had a tokenistic dabble in pre and postnatal, like within your qualification, but really there's not, there's very little content in there. And so that's what we're attempting to do. And you go, and everyone, everyone gets it. Well, the first year, no, like we were having, we were having conversations with people who were like, oh, we're all right, thanks. Like my gym's full of women and none of them have ever talked about like periods or sports bras or menopause. Like we're okay. Like my business is booming. Or we talked to an Olympic sports coach and they'd say, I'm a really successful coach. Like, do you know how good I am? Like, look at all like the medals that I've got. Look how incredible my athletes are. They've never talked about this stuff. Like, I'm okay, thank you. So we spent a whole year, like, basically having those types of conversations. But then everything shifted, and we are no longer, and I think it was partly Davina doing her menopause documentaries, partly the successes of the Lionesses, partly at the Tokyo Olympics three years ago, there were a lot of females coming out and talking about female health, but also mental health and their vulnerabilities. You remember Simone Biles kind of, like, pulling out of the Olympic Games. And suddenly you had these athletes, and you had people... Wimbledon like the athletes saying we want to wear we want to wear colored shorts we don't want to wear white anymore so all these conversations started like like bubbling up and it's just really prepared the platform for us to come in so we're not having to convince people that we need to do this but now no one is mandating like so you can be a personal trainer and still know nothing about female health no one's telling you you need to do this and so what we really hope and I think is actually going to come down the line in the next couple of years is that national governing bodies um like educational providers will say to be this you need to understand about the female body and as soon as that that kind of stick comes in it it will come on and it's like safeguarding it's like mental health like that there is an expectation there that if you're working with kids you have dbs checks like all of that stuff is kind of accepted we need to get to the place where female health is 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 like that too Hey, it's Leo here. Just very quickly interrupting this podcast episode to share with you a really exciting announcement. The Nexus team are now available to take on new one-on-one online nutrition clients. So if you're interested in working with myself or anyone on the team for your nutrition, health or body composition based goals, then follow the link in the show notes and you can see all of the information on what that might look like to work with us. I mean, and that's a, a brilliant segue to then my first question to play devil's advocate uh, and obviously a broad question but like let's kind of set the tone for the conversation why is that necessary like give me a little bit of insight into kind of why female health is different and kind of what are some of the examples where things mm. might go a little bit wrong if we don't understand yeah. this um the female body there are things that happen differently inside the female body to a man and there are things that happen exclusively inside the female body compared to a man, man's body. So the things that happen um, exclusively are our, we have a monthly hormonal cycle. Every human has a daily hormonal cycle. Only men have a daily. But on top of that, we have to layer on this female uh, horm- monthly hormonal cycle. We have breasts. We have pelvic floors. Men have pelvic floors too, but they do not have the level of vulnerability or dysfunction that females do have. 
we have unique life stages that we will all that we will all go through so our experience of puberty if we if we choose to get pregnant and even any kind of like fertility issues that come around that and menopause are things that exclusively happen to females we will suffer things like endometriosis and i know that you know you you know, you're, you you cover that and you support your clients with that but endometriosis pcos all of these things you're not a doctor but you can still hold that space as a personal trainer and you can still really support your clients with that so we at best at best with if you don't know a little bit about that or you're not comfortable with a woman showing up and talking to you about that you're kind of just not doing a good job like you're not making her as healthy or fit or as strong as she could potentially be at worst you're doing harm so I think that in the world of sport in the world of extreme fitness so whether that's whether that's CrossFit, whether that's yoga, to be quite honest, whether that's kind of like, you know, extreme bodybuilding. If you don't understand the female physiology, then you're doing harm. And a good example of that is a story that we always say about um, an aspiring athlete called Bobby Clay. And she was one of those athletes that had been identified um, as definitely going to the Olympics and more than likely going to be meddling at the Olympics. So she was a really brilliant prospect for the British team. And she never got her period. So she never got... So when she was 14 and 15, the girls in her class started to get their periods and she didn't get it. She went to the doctors and they're like, it's all right. Like, it's all right, Bobby. Like, you're okay for a bit. Like, come back if it hasn't come back next year. She went back next year. It's still not there. Okay, like, you're running quite a lot. So, like, that's probably why. So let's not let's not stress about it too much. Got to 16, got to 17. Her period never came. And then she went away to university and often, you know, you've, you've, you've moved away from your coach, you've moved away from home. She's with older, older runners. They're, they're training really, really hard. There's this real sort of mindset that lighter is faster. And she's like, OK, like I'm going to I'm going to slim down. I'm going to stop eating as much, but I'm going to keep keep training kind of like what I did. But, you know, she was um, she was a much faster athlete than I was. Um, and then one day she was doing a recovery swim, like we would all, you know, great, great way to recover, doing a recovery swim in the pool. She pushed off the one end and she broke her leg, right? So anyone that knows anything about swimming, it's no impact. You are not supposed to break anything. and It's kind of impossible to break anything in a swimming pool. Um, so she broke her leg. And when she went to the hospital and she got it all sorted and they were like, oh, like, you're, you're really young. Like, you're only just 20. Like, you should, this shouldn't have happened. And they did a bone scan. Her bones were osteoporotic. So she had osteoporosis at the age of 20. And she was put on HRT, hormone replacement therapy, stronger than her mum. So her mum was menopausal and she was only 20. And that's because as a female, you are, you are if you have a normal menstrual, if, you, if you've got your menstrual cycle and that's all sorted and you're doing a great job at kind of like your energy balance, then you will have laid down 90% of your bone density by the age of 18. If you haven't got your menstrual cycle, your bone, de- your bone, you can't catch up on that bone density. And that's what happened to Bobby. So not only did the nation like lose this amazing athlete, actually, she's only just got back into running again. Like that broke her if you can imagine being so loving your sport and suddenly you've been broken by it and and that I mean I could I could honestly sit here all day and just give you example after example after example not just within the world of sport but in the world of gen pop if you like of people women who have kind of been pushed they've had this badge of honor they've had this mindset and I think that if you have that um sort of alpha mentality and I've had it because I've had my eyes on the prize like and and 
and you you aren't supported by a team that understand female physiology then it's a duty of care it you harm them and the way that I kind of I really hope we're going with female health is that if you look at what's happening with concussion in football and rugby if you're a rugby player and you get a new you know bash your head on the pitch and you and and you know you're on a national team or a professional team a doctor will spot you and pull you off doesn't matter what you say it doesn't matter if you say I'm all right honestly I'm fine I'm totally fine I've got this of course as an athlete you will want to stay on that pitch but it's not your job it's the coaches and the doctor's job because it's their duty of care they know the damage that that concussion can have they will pull you off and you're probably on a return to play guidance for like 21 days we need to do that with menstrual cycles and we need to do that with females and say actually if you're not getting your menstrual cycle if you're not in a healthy state um we need to support you to kind of get healthy again but that it, we are like we're way off way off that place yeah when you draw that comparison like that it is mind-blowing that we're not doing that of low energy availability mm. because that's just as problematic as as being yeah. concussed yeah totally sorry that story always always gets me i remember i broke my foot which obviously had absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> with calorie intake but i broke my foot when i was 17 uh, doing my sport more time and it that ended my career is a strong word but that ended my career in professional multi and it is it is heartbreaking so um yeah that story always always makes me and it's, feel a bit sad. it's your identity isn't it because like when you're a kid like I was obs- like my athlete my best friends were, were my training team my training squad and I would I trained three times a week you know before I went to uni I'd, I'd go on holiday with them I'd literally get home from training call them up I'd go out with them shopping on a sat like and if I wasn't that you're like my god like what who am i now like this has been my whole identity and it's just taken away from you so it is heartbreaking 100 yeah, percent. i think the only thing i'd love to add to that just quickly because a lot of coaches listening might be like or a lot of people listening might be like well i'm not a gb athlete but something you said earlier where you were talking about sport and kind of fitness and this concept now that fitness in itself has become a sport i think mm. it's really important for people and coaches to understand there's so many coaches that are training women that, okay yeah they're technically not athletes but they are training for crossfit comps even if they're just fun ones you know they're training for high rocks ears, like i just did a comp on saturday i'm not a professional athlete but there's so many girls that i'm friends with that are lean that are training six seven times a week they're trying to be good at several different types of fitness because they're doing functional fitness comps um and they are essentially an athlete in the sense that they're training hard on on purpose and it's not if even if you're not working with people that are gb athletes you still need to understand this yeah you absolutely do and but you don't need to be an expert and i think that is um i think that can be a challenge for personal trainers because obviously as a personal trainer or a fitness professional, you are an expert. That's why people are giving you money to kind of help and support them. But you, and so you could, if you've had no lived experience, basically you're a man, you've had no lived experience of any of this female health issues or like, you know, you're a woman that's kind of been totally fine with a menstrual cycle and got no problems whatsoever. um, You can be like, well, how, how can I even support these people if I don't, if I've, if if I'm not an expert, but it's, you can, it's holding a space so the female, the, the whole of that woman can show up. And there was an example the other day where, um, this was a terrible example, but uh, a friend of mine was in the gym and uh, she just saw a personal trainer, like client interaction. And the woman said, oh, I'm really sorry. Like I, um, I've, I've just not slept all night. Like my, you know, my anxiety is through the roof. Like this perimenopause stuff is like really, is, I'm really struggling with it. And the personal trainer said like, 
just don't talk to me about that. I, I, I don't talk to me about that. He was so, he was so yeah. upset. He just couldn't handle the fact that she was attempting to talk about menopause. Um, wow. My friend then went to the manager and had like a massive go. He said, this is outrageous. Have you just seen what's happened in this space? But, and I'm, sh- and I really hope that that is not, that's not what happens normally. But for a woman to kind of like show some kind of level of vulnerability um, and for a personal trainer not to be able to just hold that space and say, God, I'm really sorry to hear that. Like, how about we do a bit of an extended warm up, get you mobilized, get you going. And then I'd really love to kind of keep keep on with plan A. But like if we need to address that, then, of course, like, let's have a look at that. But it's but to, just because it's female health, like it's if you'd said, God, the kids were up all night, like they were being they, you know, they were vomiting or like I'm not had any sleep. He'd probably be able to handle that. But as soon as you put that female health bit into it, people kind of tend some people will panic. It's so interesting that you gave that example because I literally had that exact conversation with like our team last week and they a few of them were saying like, look, we don't want to necessarily specialise in female health. And I was like, you know, if a woman, if a, I said, if a guy came to you and, you know, the day before he was travelling, he was a little bit jet lagged, you know, he was up all night, he was sweating quite a lot, couldn't really regulate his core body temperature. What, what changes would you make? And they listed off some changes that they would make. And I was like, so why does it matter if it was that exact same set of symptoms, but it was because a woman mm. was menopausal? And they were all like, Oh yeah, when you put it like that. So I absolutely love that you said that. It's almost like we had that conversation <laughs> before starting because that's like the exact example I gave gave the guys last week. And yeah, I think that's so important for personal trainers to understand is that you your job is to solve problems, right? If someone turns up and they're experiencing any type of pain or other symptoms or they're not feeling good, you would account for that and adjust for that. It shouldn't matter if the reason they're experiencing those symptoms is a female-specific yeah. diagnosis or life stage. And the great thing about female health is that actually you can track it. And you can, um, and, and that doesn't mean you have to wear some kind of like fitness monitor. Like you don't have to, you do not have to go like deep tech on this. Like you can literally just like track it in a diary. They can track it and they can start to notice patterns and they can go, God, you know what? Like on the third week of my cycle, like kind of, I really crave like carb. I just can't stop eating chocolate. I don't know how I'm going to do that. You're like, right. Okay. I've got this. So, you know, as a personal trainer and you can predict it, you can say, oh, like this third week's coming up. Can we just make sure that you you are nailing your food in that third week? I don't really mind. I, with my clients, I was like, I don't really mind if you need the chocolate, but let's try and do everything we can. So you don't have those cravings. And there is likely to be some science and some physiology behind that in terms of like, but you kind of don't need to know that. You just need to know that your client struggles with their eating in that third week. Okay, so what tools can you give her to kind of mitigate against that situation? And or you might know that she actually she gets she gets stomach cramps just, you know a few days before her period. Again, if you know that's going to be happening, you can you can mitigate it. But and how great would it be? I adored it when a personal trainer would say, "Oh, Baz, like I'm I'm just thinking like I think that you know the, the next couple of days we probably need to focus on this." I loved it, and actually women do love that. You don't you don't need to know the science, and I, in fact, actually, we'll probably get onto this. But the there is so little evidence in this space. Only six percent of sports science research is done on the entirety of female health, like the entirety. So we don't have enough evidence to 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 kind of scale to a general population level. So we can't say that everyone should be doing strength training in the first two weeks of their cycle. Everyone should be eating like this in the third week. We, just, we can't do that. So act, I think that's brilliant because actually that evidence will start to come through, but you can then just talk to your client and you can go, okay, like let's work this out. And when I was, when I was coaching, I worked with people with chronic fatigue syndrome, um, with, you know, really just lo- like real kind of like viral infections. I had no lived experience of that. 
and I'm like okay like let's work this out like where is that line okay so you have you have enough energy to get through your day if we put in a 20 minute walk is that too much or is, is that okay and I'm like I'm not going to kill them I'm not if, if we overdo it like we can retract from that and we can work it out and I think having that confidence that you're not you're not suddenly telling them to do a 100k deadlift if they've only ever done a body weight like you're kind of you're a, you're a brilliant you're a coach you understand the human body so you just go okay like with all that information you've given me I think that this is a reasonable this this is reasonable I might have got it a bit wrong I won't be I won't have got it wildly wrong and if I've got it a bit wrong we'll adapt it next time but I think that we just need to not freak out as soon as like anything to do with female health is kind of mentioned. Yeah, I love that. I think that's that's hopefully really, really empowering for any coaches listening and for any women listening that go, OK, I, I understand now that maybe I should take my female health into account a little bit of my health and fitness journey. But it seems a bit overwhelming and I, I don't know where to start. Mm. So I think that's hopefully like really simplifies it and is really empowering and also done an amazing job of kind of setting that tone of like why female health is a, a little bit different. So let's get into to menopause specifically okay. then. Um I think that would well, probably be good to, to just get a definition on the board if that's okay to get us started. So what is the what is the definition of menopause? So the menopause is kind of the opposite of puberty. It's a good way I like to describe it because everyone grasps puberty. So like when you're a teenage girl, your ovaries start to uh, getting ready to ovulate and your and your hormonal your monthly hormonal cycle starts getting ready and you kind of over over around two or three years probably some people it might be a little bit longer you start to get a regular cycle you don't wake up one day with a regular cycle with no period pain with this with a go oh like I'm a woman now okay I've got this like it takes a while and I think we've all we, well, I can't because it was a long time ago now but most of your many of your listeners will remember puberty whether they're men or women and will know like how challenging it was at times and how weird it was to get used to their new body so like if we say puberty is you're a girl is becoming a woman right the other end of the hormonal spectrum is that our bodies are like okay like I'm too old now to carry a baby like I I don't need to be ovulating anymore my menstrual cycle is going to stop but again that doesn't happen overnight it takes on average kind of like four years it can take 10 years but let's say it happens it happens in most women in their mid-40s the average age of menopause itself is 51 in the UK in some cultures that differs but that your your ovaries slowly stop uh, ovulating estrogen slowly moves away from your system but it's it's not done nicely or beautifully or calmly it's really stressful so regardless of a woman's lived experience of the menopause it is a stressful situation it's chemically it's very stressful because you've got this hormonal roller coaster going on of like peaking and troughing peaking and troughing and you kind of don't know what's going on layered on top of that is it's a life it's a time of life which is full on so women may have children they may have people that they are caring for within their extended family they've probably got a full-time job like it's it's a really really busy time of life so you've got a busy time of life and you've got this hormonal roller coaster going on inside and and it for many women 25 percent of women it floors them it absolutely floors them and they will they may they will even be contemplating leaving their partner. They'll be contemplating resigning from work or um, or cutting back significantly from work. They will be really floored by those symptoms. 50% of women will have really significant symptoms that affect them day to day, but they could manage it with medication and lifestyle changes. And then 25% kind of won't even notice. <laughs> and um, 
But that's like everything. 25% of women won't have noticed puberty. 25% of women probably won't have even noticed pregnancy. I mean, they'll know they're pregnant, but they'll have just cracked on and got through it. And so that kind of bell-shaped curve, if you like, just gives a really good understanding of kind of 75% of women are going to like need help. And the great news for the fitness industry is you can't medicate everything. Like, And some women don't want to have any medication. You can't medicate everything. And so lifestyle is key. Lifestyle is absolutely key in terms of helping women manage their day-to-day symptoms, but also really improving the quality of their life, like post-menopause. I think I've never heard it explained that way, puberty in reverse. I think that's a really great, really mm. great explanation. And something I didn't really appreciate until you've just said it there is that often women of that age have people that are like younger than them that are still dependent on them and sometimes older than them that are still dependent on them alongside your job and everything else. So that is a lot going on, isn't it? And it's a lot going on. And again, this is a huge generalisation, but women tend to put themselves last. I don't because I work really hard on it. <laughs> like, but many women do. And mm. get in this space, they will feel, and especially at the moment with the cost of living crisis and, and money being really tight, for a, for a woman to get to a fitness class, to get to a netball session, that, that you, don't, you can't just show up, right? You can't just go, oh, Monday night, great. The amount of life admin that goes into me getting to the gym is huge it is ginormous I don't have to I have to coordinate work I have to coordinate childcare I have to coordinate my husband like I have to coordinate all of that to get to the gym and I think that's and I have to pay for it and I'm like oh like and there is women have so much guilt paying paying for them paying they see it as an indulgence many of the times and it's the same with going to see a women's health physio going to see a going to see a normal physio getting any kind of expertise if you're like oh only menopause it's only like a bit of hot flushes it's only a bit of pelvic health dysfunction I can kind of probably cope like I'll I'll be all right I'll just I'll keep pushing on but and I think it's so it it can be challenging to kind of support women and that's why I go you know I do talks at gyms and I talk with personal trainers a lot I'm like you need if, if a midlife woman rocks up at your class you need to celebrate the fact if she's five minutes late who cares if she's busted like if she comes shows up broken like you need to celebrate that she's got there because the amount of effort that has gone into her coming to that class is huge and you need to just make her feel utterly terrific about the fact that she you don't have to patronize her but you just need to go oh my goodness like I'm so delighted that you're here let like I know you haven't got much time let's make the absolute most of this time that we've got together I love that I was definitely guilty of that when I was younger as a personal trainer being like why are you late yeah. you're like you're not respecting my time and then I was like hold on I'm talking to like 42 year old women so. she's got four kids she's just like she's been up since six, you know five o'clock in the morning like yeah okay cool like just give her a break yeah there's probably a few <laughs> few apologies I need to dish out to the clients I had when I was 18 19 but um, I'm getting there I'm trying so no I love that I guess if we start kind of uh moving through it from like obviously building up to menopause what are some of those lifestyle recommendations if any that women could maybe do to like support going into that that um perimenopause period yeah I mean strength training like we have to, so it's, and I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's having its time, isn't it really? Strength training is a kind of like a more acceptable thing that women want to get into. The, the issue is that they're 40, they're in their 40s. They may, they may have had children. They probably haven't ever, ever been taught how to move. They probably have never been taught how to lift weights. Um, they will, they may well be overweight. They may well have, in, be carrying injuries. Um, and so you've got to kind of like, get through all of that and then and not give them pink dumbbells or a pink kettlebell and kind of like tell them to do kind of like you know really kind of like pointless stuff but you're like okay like i from the age of like from your mid-30s 
if you're not lifting weights you your muscle your muscle mass starts to decline and your bone density kind of arguably more importantly starts to decline you can counteract that with a with heavy lifting but you need to teach people really well really well like my um obviously my background is in rowing so we just squat and deadlift the whole time <laughs> like that is literally all we do is squat and deadlift but I just think that if you can teach a great squat and you can teach a great deadlift and you can get you need to get as much load through that system, especially like in the hips and the glute area. And you can teach a woman how to activate her glutes. Most women do not. We preferentially use our quads. So many women just can't. I mean, I was literally in the office yesterday with my team and some of them are like, you know, clearly into all of this. And they're like, yeah, like I had a session with the personal trainer and they were like, you, you, you're not using your glutes in any way you can't activate that and so it's okay to massively regress but you know to say okay like we're gonna we're gonna I really want to work on this glute activation in the meantime we're gonna use the leg press and we're gonna use the machine weights or we're gonna use some safer options but my intention is I want to get you to a full barbell squat a full barbell like deadlift but I'm gonna over time we're gonna kind of move you know we're gonna move you along this continuum um so strength training is really really important but but on the flip side of that, we just need to move. We just need to move. And I think that if if you're you you'll have you'll have some clients that will really want to kind of get into that sciencey and kind of get do the right thing. And other people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do. It just like do what they love and make sure they can keep showing up. And and if it's boxing, if it's zumba, if it's if it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant. Like movement is the key thing. But you know, um, we we need to take into account these injuries their breasts like the fact that they may not have a sports they may have never fit, been fitted for a sports bra and the, the larger chested that they that they are the less likely they're going to enjoy physical activity and they're going to drop out and then their pelvic health so if you're if they're doing a class and they're leaking or they're worrying about leaking then they won't tell you like but they're not going to come back and they're not going to and they're not going to push themselves into that place where you know they can get those fitness gains and so in the work that we do in like the courses that we put together it's like we don't I don't just talk about strength training in menopause I do strength training breast health and pelvic health because those three things have mm. to come together and a guy can handle it a guy can honestly handle those you don't have to fix a pelvic floor you don't have to fit you absolutely do not have to fit for a bra but you you will know the websites to send her to the local physios to, to refer her to so that you can make sure that her body's not holding her back from getting the gains that you know she can get let's touch on that a little bit more if that's okay because i'd never even really thought of the sports bra um you know thing until your talk at, at perform x and i think you were saying something about how like wasn't the gb um oh, yeah. olympic team like one of the last teams in the world to actually adopt like custom bras for different sports um i don't know if they were the last team i imagine they were like um there's other teams out there that still have not been fitted for sports bra but tokyo right that was the last olympics we've got paris next year tokyo was three years ago um was the first time that the British team were fitted for a sports bra. So up until that stage, Adidas was a sponsor, and you know you get your ad, you get your bag of Adidas kit, um, and it was small, medium, and large, right? And so you got a gymnast and a weightlifter and a hockey player and a boxer all wearing the same style of bra, right? So they'd be different sizes, but small, medium, and large, but not not the appropriate type of bra. Um, and this is a really cool story that. If you were lined up for the start of a marathon and regardless of how fast you were, even if it's going to take you five hours or if it's going to take you two and a half hours, it doesn't matter how fast you are. If I was stood there in, an, in a not very well fitting sports bra and I had a clone of me 
every single thing about this clone was exactly the same as me, apart from the fact that the clone had a well-fitted sports bra. The clone would finish a mile ahead, right? A mile. A mile ahead. A 4% like gain from wearing the right sports bra. Now, you'd be like, okay, but I teach CrossFit or I teach, you know, or my, you know, my clients row or they play netball or whatever it might be. Um, it that it's it stops women um being in pain. It stops their perceived ex- level of exertion if they're in a well-fitting bra. It reduces their levels of fatigue. So all of these things kind of do affect us, whatever our physical activity is. And there was, you know, you we will all have worked with clients with chronic neck pain or back pain. How many of us have said, oh, like they may they may have been honestly wearing a sports bra for twenty years, like they might have they might have never changed. It might be like hanging off them in threads. And it's like, okay, like, have you been fitted for a sports bra recently? Is there something that, like, is I, I've got a great, I've got someone locally, or I've got a great website where where I can refer you to to get an online bra fit? Like, why don't we look at that? It can make a huge difference. And it also, you know, I'm sure many people listening here are like really into that breathing and breath dynamics and stress levels. Like, if you're not in a well fitting sports bra, like you're kind of like you're hunched over because your your posture is not being supported. That can inc- I've just said menopause is stressful. Not having a sports bra can increase the level of stress in your system because you can't breathe properly. How amazing how cool is that? Like how amazing is that just by getting your clients and you don't I I've, I've worked with I've just worked with a, a big gym chain in the UK and I've done a pilot of fit with 50 of their personal trainers some of them really young guys and some of them like young women too and we did a sports bra session and they were like oh, it blew their mind they were, and then I said right your your job now is to go out onto the gym floor and I want you to have a safe conversation you don't have to go it you don't have to talk you don't have to use the word breast you don't have to use any of this language that might be uncomfortable but just go and see if you can start having conversations about with women and and they came back and they were like oh my goodness it was amazing and they they're not experts and I think that what's really important is that you some women won't want to talk about it and that this is often a question that I get will be like well how do I make sure I don't overstep the mark like how do I not like oh my god I've just I've read Baz's book or I've just like listened to her on a podcast right I'm going I'm going all in you don't do that. You don't go onto the gym floor and say like, oh, hi, like, how's your period this month? Like, where are you in your cycle? You just say, oh, like, I've been re- reading a bit about female health and I'm like quite interested in like learning more about the menopause. Those people that want to share with you will literally not stop talking about it. Some people might be like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I've, I've read this or I'm interested in this. People that want to shut down that conversation because they think it's a private and personal thing and they've got zero interest in talking to you about it will just change subject and you're a coach you'll know you'll get it you'll totally get it but it's that having that confidence i suppose to go into that space and introducing a new way of supporting your clients i love that i think that's why it's so important to create a little bit of content around it as well and send people that you're meeting on the gym floor to your page yeah because then they can see you talk about it in a way that isn't directly you talking about it to them and then that can obviously just open up the possibility of that that conversation because yeah not everyone's going to be ready to hear that but that's a really great advice where can people just going back to your point earlier in terms of like sending clients for more information on sports bras where are some of those places you'd recommend because i don't i don't know any and i'd absolutely love to send a few of my clients that i can think yeah. of to somewhere um there's a great website called booby do and they also do online bra fits um and there's some really good um 
there's some really great videos that they can just watch but also they can for a, for a very not very expensive they can just book a 15 minute bra fit online and literally these um these bra fitters will say right put all your put your bra on tell me how it feels and tell me what exercise you do and then they'll go okay like and they'll and they'll say oh put on the other one put on the other one and then whatever bras you've got at home and they'll say okay like my recommendation is that actually you probably need this kind of this type of fitting bra um and there will also be them there may well be there might be a local um kind of underwear shop and they might have some good bra fitters in as well but it's it's in this female health space it's i i just think go you know obviously that like, there are websites out there but also go local like I just think as a personal trainer that was something that I always did I had this incredible like referral network locally and we just kept each other's businesses thriving like I can't fit a bra I can't do a pelvic floor assessment I can't support a menopausal woman with you know um, with weight with, a, a bit with weight loss but I can't go specific with weight loss I'm not nutritionally qualified so I had this um, these amazing people that were experts and we all supported each other and I think that that's what I really encourage people to do because if you if you bring up the subject and this is like a relatively serious point if you kind of go into this space and talk about breast health or pelvic health like you will be out of your depth pretty quick with the people that want to overshare and you need a backup you need Mm -hmm. a backup when you are outside of your scope of practice and you because you can't just I think I don't know, like I kind of spot this trend happening where people are like feel like, oh, look at me. So totally cool talking about like quite traumatic things potentially in people's lives, whether it's a mental health thing or a pelvic health thing. Some people have pelvic floor issues because of sexual abuse. And you can't just kind of waltz in to a situation talking about pelvic floor. Someone might say, well, actually, yeah, I, I have got a few issues with that and I'd like to go and see somebody. And you go, oh, like literally I'm, that's that's all I've got <laughs> like that that's the level of my information so you just need to know is there a where's where are the, who who would you recommend for therapy locally that's that's, a, that's an obvious way to cut and, and who's your women's health physio but you need to you need to have really clear referral if you're going to talk about something you will be out of your depth like you would with anything not just women's health but like you would with anything and I don't like it when people almost like pick the scab and then like and say oh like I'm really cool talking about this but actually they're not there to kind of like then truly support these women and saying go to your GP is not enough because we know that actually GPs are not trained in this this is not their area of expertise if a crossfitter walks in and says oh yeah I'm leaking a little bit doing double unders they don't it's not that they don't care it's not where the NHS is at the NHS is there to keep you alive now the NHS is not there to do everything that we would love them to be able to do because they just they just don't have that capacity so as a PT you have to kind of build this like incredible network around you that can support these people that are trying to keep going with their exercise yeah that's such great advice i'm just thinking about how i haven't done it on purpose but over the years i'm like yeah i've got that person yeah, yeah. i've got that person and didn't even really realize that i'd been doing it but just as, as you said naturally as a result of being curious asking questions going okay amazing i don't have it anywhere now for that so let me go and find someone for you and then as a result that's built up over time but i think in hindsight i definitely could have been a lot more proactive of just pulling the, all of those people together much quicker rather than letting it kind of organically mm. happen over the years so that's that's really great advice um going back to kind of then some lifestyle stuff around around menopause so obviously strength training really really great point but as you said probably enough barriers to exercise so if you enjoy any form of exercise that's you know probably better than nothing um anything else other than kind of getting into strength training that you'd recommend to support women going through menopause um, i suppose i'd like to talk about the structure of a session which i know is kind of, yep, kind of like pretty pretty um specific but 
you know, I, I talked earlier about how you need to celebrate these women showing up. Mm. So let's say, um, beyond a totally committed woman that kind of wants to kind of train every single day, like the normal kind of person will probably want to train three times a week. They're exhausted, right? The most important thing for a midlife woman is that she gets a good night's sleep, honestly. like, And, and that is like sleep and insomnia becomes a big issue around menopause, partly because of hot flushes, partly because of what's going on hormonally, partly because of the stress of life. Like that's when you churn all your thoughts. And so sleep is our is our is our medicine is our like restorative process and so really thinking about when are they doing their exercise if if the exercise is amazing we have to make that happen if the only time they can train is at seven eight eight o'clock at night you need to make sure that that cool down is epic that that cool down does everything to tap into that parasympathetic nervous system and genuinely cools down like reduces the heat in their system so that they can go home and have a great night's sleep if the only time they can train is six o'clock in the morning, right? You're like, okay, they've got to train at six o'clock in the morning. They've not got in home till whatever time. Like, and then they've got a full day's work. How how does she show up at six in the morning? Like, and I have not depleted her energy so that she just can't function that day. Like, it's like, okay, so I need to make sure she's eaten. And people are like, oh, I can't eat before training. Yes, you can. You can. Everybody can. Even if it's half a banana or like half a smoothie or like, an orange it doesn't matter what it is we're talking 50 to 100 calories like a tiny tiny amount but we need especially females need to eat regardless of what life stage there are before training and how can you make sure that she eats afterwards and that is like right if you're training at me at six o'clock in the morning these are your rules like the only way you're training with me is that like it's you're not just responsible for that time um and then within the session i honestly believe that we, like we have to be really positive about a female's capabilities like they they can genuinely do anything but the older you get you just can't ignore the stuff that everyone's been telling you to do your whole life like like you can in your 20s you have to warm up and a warm-up is not straight into walkouts and shoulder taps like that is not a warm-up like we have to fully mobilize a female's body the older we get then you can do the hard work but then you need to cool her down. And so it's that stuff which you might feel is junk or like taking away from the heart of the session is actually the stuff that is making that session possible. And I used to run these classes and at one stage I was like, oh, I'm going to get them to lie down with the lights off. And I'm like, I can't do that. And do you know what changed my mind? I went, I used to go to this yoga class on a Sunday night. It was like a yin yoga session. And I, it was like, it was a, it was it was like thirty quid right for this session. I was like, that is a lot, and it was a good few years ago. Now I was like, that is a huge amount of money, and we just lay down, right? We lay down. There was a bit <laughs> slightly more to it, but not really. And we covered ourselves in blankets, and this woman would like you know, chant around. The, we might change our position ever so slightly. This class was burst. You couldn't get in in it for love no money. And I'm like, women will pay <laughs> to lie down, and I used to put I put a good ten minutes of breath work and relaxation, lights off, calm. And I, my my classes started booming. I'm like, oh my god! Like they're paying me to do nothing. They're not paying you to do nothing. No, they're giving you permission to rest. And I think before that, we did a good 20 minutes of work. But actually, that 20 minutes of work, hot, sweaty, lifting, followed by rest, then meant they left. They left that session ready to crack on with their day. And and so it's kind of like, where does your where does your class, your fitness, your session fit into the context of your life? 
of their life. I love that so much. It's almost like we had a chat, little fair, but I promise anyone listening, we didn't. Mm. But I think that there's two WhatsApp messages I sent this morning before we started this podcast that I want to share just quickly because hopefully for any what any women listening that are kind of going, oh yeah, sounds a little bit too easy. I just want to focus on training or for any personal trainers listening, going back to your point earlier around, you don't need to be an expert to implement some of this stuff. There was two clients I trained yesterday. Um, one, I was 19 and one, I was 20 when I first started training. It's both of these women I've had for a, a long time. And one of them, she was like, I've got to work late, work a little bit further away this week. Can I move my session later? And I was like, yeah, we can train at 7.30 p.m. But, you know, she's 42. I was like, it's quite late to finish training. I was like, look, we can try it. Um, but your session on Friday, which you've moved later, I was like, I want you to, you know, message me Wednesday and let me know if you managed to fall asleep or not, basically. Because mm. if not, we're not doing that time again on Friday. It's just not worth your training. End of her session, got her lying on the floor, feet against the wall, doing some box breathing, uh, messaged her this morning, haven't seen if she's replied yet, being like, hey, you know, did you manage to fall yeah. asleep, basically? And unfortunately, that's a commercial gym, so the music I can't control, yeah. but I do know that she likes a bit of Kanye West, so I mm -hmm. said to her, you know, when you're driving home, um, I want you to purposely put on something way more relaxing, maybe even something like binaural beats. We've done a little bit of breath work. We can't change the music at the end of the session, unfortunately, in a commercial gym. It's still, like, blaring, mm -hmm. but at 8.30 p.m., I don't want you all ramped up um and i'll see what she says we may yeah. or may not be doing that time friday but yeah like quite simple right you know there's nothing necessarily too specific to menopause for that it's great to get people back in that parasympathetic nervous system regardless um but yeah just hopefully a, a good example of kind of but what you're saying there for clients it's you having the discipline at like quarter past eight 20 past eight mm. to not go oh we could just do another round of this or we could do, yeah. she's loving it like i just i'm gonna i'm gonna keep uh, actually yeah. should we just do a, should we just crack on like let's bash she's this out she's training for a high rocks as well so it's not yeah. like there isn't a big event coming up that she's training and really it's going, hard for yeah. no we're gonna stop because the most important thing is that you get that night's sleep and they and they um you know and like what you've just said then i don't know like i was brought up i was trained i was did that my personal training session and i was brought up in that era of kind of like you know you don't flex to your clients like you tell them like you they do their sessions if they're late you charge you know if they, if they don't show up you charge them like it's it was that kind of i don't know i seem to be like supported by people that were kind of like they weren't anti their clients but they're like you need to you need, if you're going to run a successful business like mm. you have to do this this and yeah. this almost like you're a business person first and a yeah coach second and you kind of but then you're like gosh you know what like there was there was probably been I mean I was I was personal training for ten years there was probably a hand genuinely a handful of people that took the piss too much right generally a handful and probably only two or three to be quite honest yeah. that I had to get rid of but beyond that most of them were absolutely adorable and lovely and the fact that I was able to flex wherever I could they genuinely really appreciated yeah. that and I got so and they were so much more loyal and. And again, like it was only a couple of people that I was like, you know what, this isn't working. Like I'm done. Like, but but I'd rather it that way than me always like having to push and be that kind of like just a bit angry and like too hard ass with them. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's super important, and especially if you're probably a male person trainer that can't relate to, to menopause, which hopefully you've, yeah. you've done a great job of getting across. And again, I was definitely guilty of uh, when I'm younger. So yeah, a few clients I probably owe an apology to, but <laughs> no, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's really great advice. And yeah, the, the eating thing as well, super important. Same thing, another client yesterday turned up, so I haven't eaten. So okay, changed their session a little bit. Um, she wants to build up to a high rocks next year. So obviously we're doing quite a lot of conditioning work, pulled that right back, lots of isometrics, just matched the session to the fact that it was 9.30 in the morning. And she still hadn't eaten, which is obviously not that, not that early at this point. Um, and I messaged her this morning, you're like, you know, she's going into her own workout today. I'm like, Hey, have you eaten? Like, yep. Two eggs on a bit of sourdough. Cool. So yeah, it's, it is important to be chasing clients up about these things. Yeah, totally. 
Amazing. So other than that kind of session format and being adaptable with that and strength training, um, anything else that you'd recommend menopause or women focus on? I mean, I'm obsessed with pelvic floor. So as you may have noticed, I've mentioned it about mm. 10 times already. But the um, women, regardless of whether they've had children or not, the pelvic floor will be affected at menopause, right? So our um, our our body has got estrogen receptors all over it. So uh, like it, it uh, estrogen is responsible for our muscle strength, for our brain health, for our cardiac health, for like for like you know like uh, lubrication of joints, like everything. So when it, um, when estrogen goes on this roller coaster, that's why our whole body is affected. Our pelvic floor is exactly the same and the vagina in particular is very rich in estrogen receptors so that when these estrogen levels drop, regardless again if you've had uh, any children, your pelvic floor will be affected and you will ha- you will find women are going, God, I've, I've not changed anything. I'm doing exactly the same as I've always done. But suddenly I'm going out for a run and I get this irresistible urge to empty my bowels or need to go to the toilet or I, I'm leaking or I'm getting some kind of like feelings of heaviness you know in that in that part of my in my body i just don't get it like nothing has changed and it's purely purely and simply the estrogen levels are dropping so women should be doing pelvic floor their whole life but especially around this time and we they shouldn't be um and if they're not if they're not getting professional support with it they will be self-managing and how women self-manage pelvic floor dysfunction is by wearing black which is kind of like okay okay. they will wear um period products to kind of absorb anything and they'll also stop drinking so they if they're you know that client that you've just mentioned she if she was coming to see you at seven and she's worried about like leaking she may well have stopped drinking at seven uh, so at 12 o'clock she might have just said actually because logically you think what goes in comes out that's not how the body works but kind of like that's a lot how women think so all of those things are not fixing the problem like wearing black wearing sanitary products not drinking is not fixing the problem it's kind of like a cover-up so we just need to be more open with discussing pelvic floor and you might be like how am i ever going to do that and and it might be that like one-to-one might be too much but you could write a newsletter you could have a female you could have a pelvic floor workshop you might not be comfortable delivering that because you might not have any expertise in this space but you could get a local women's health video to come in and do a pelvic floor workshop and i can guarantee that will start to like throw things up you could say you know oh god i've just read i've just read a chapter of a book or i've just listened to a podcast about how you know actually some weightlifters like have pelvic floor issues and you don't need to say leaking you don't need to say prolapse you don't need to say vagina you don't need to say any of these words you can just say pelvic floor issues and again people some people will shut that conversation down some people might be like oh yeah like i i actually that you know i'm a bit worried about that um it takes women seven years seven years to go and see a doctor about from the first time they experience dysfunction to go in and ask wow. for help and that's and it's it stops it stops women from doing exercise right the people that love exercise will self-manage by all those things i've just said the women that don't like exercise will just not come and so by addressing pelvic floor and you know um no one knows how to do a pelvic floor exercise it's an absolute myth like so i i'd been on the best rowing team in the world i was 38 i'd had two children that was the first time that anyone had ever told me about pelvic floor i'm like this is bananas like how have i got to this life stage with all this experience of sport and fitness and life and i still don't know how to do a pelvic floor exercise so you can't just say to a woman oh and do your pelvic floors or you know 
when you're doing a sit-up or a bridge or something like, oh, and lift your pelvic floor. They won't know what to do. Mm. They need to be taught how to do it. And that's why we need those expertise. Personal trainers can do it. That that pilot study that I've just mentioned, I've taught all those personal trainers how to teach a pelvic floor exercise. We can absolutely handle it. But if you if you if you haven't trained with me or you haven't got that exp- experience, get a local person in to do it with you. Is there any cues that you can give um, just audio wise, or is that something you really think needs to be done done in person? And no, practical? I mean I can t- I can teach you how to do a pelvic floor exercise would, now if you like. Absolutely love right, to then. learn that. Okay, so we're, we're in sitting, so let's just do it in sitting. You're going to have to kind of imagine you've got female anatomy not male anatomy because i will use okay. the, <laughs> use those words but the first thing that i want everyone to do is imagine this bit is kind of the same for everybody is imagine that you are like if you were if you uh like you're picking up a bean with your back passage and then you're relaxing and letting go okay so very gentle picking up a bean with your back passage and then relaxing and letting go feels a bit weird looking at you yeah, I know. sorry so i'm gonna look out the window it's fine you can look out the window <laughs> pick up the bean and relax and let go and then I want you to move towards the front of your pelvis and for women that will kind of like be around their vaginal area and do exactly the same you're just kind of picking up a bean and relaxing and letting go and picking up a bean and relaxing and letting go and then we'll do both together so we'll do the back and the front and relax and let go and the back and the front and relax and let go. Now, that's not the full lift, but that's this first bit. I'll go on to the second bit in a second. But what I want to say is, you'll have noticed I've said essentially contract and relax, right? When people think pelvic floor, because it's like the pelvic floor issue, just stuff's coming out when you don't want it to. They just think contract, right? You think about that in any other part of the body, you wouldn't ever just if you wanted to condition or improve a part of the person's anatomy, you wouldn't just get them to contract. They need a full range of movement. And in in like in a lot of cases, pelvic floor issues are because it's too tense and it's too and it's too high and, and they are unable to relax and let go. So we have to coach the relaxation bit as well. Right. So we've nailed that. So we've got the, the back and the front kind of connecting if you like. And then we just need to draw up inside towards our belly button. So we're going to go back and front draw up inside towards your belly button and then drop relax drop and let go should i be feeling my abs tense as well or not i will get onto that in okay. one second one, let's try, do it one more trying, time not, yeah. trying not to but they're kind there of we go to. back and front draw up inside and then relax drop and let go okay so i was doing that as i was talking through it and nothing changed like my eyes didn't change, my voice didn't change, my abs didn't turn on. And that's because I've like, I know what I'm doing. When you first learn how to do this, it does feel like your first driving lesson. It feels really clunky. You're like, oh, 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 like I don't get it. And suddenly you will feel, you will see people's faces like squidge up. You'll feel, they, you might see their bottoms tense. You might see their abs coming on. And that's because especially like sporty people and fit people they're really good at activating their global system they're really great at Mm. like squeezing their abs and squeezing their glutes and they like to feel big stuff the pelvic floor is like it's a small thing and it's also and it's a part of our body where we just need to kind of almost back off the work and it's kind of like physio if you've ever had any physio rehab and you've got to kind of like get into one part of the body you need to back off the work to allow the muscle that you're attempting to get working to work so you just need to so in your case you're like oh yeah my abs were coming on like just just say like say like you think you're working like an eight out of ten go to a three out of ten really really start to work at a place of how you can feel that pelvic floor then you can layer it on you can layer on the work and and maybe the abs will come on again but we need to just feel that part of our body 
I got it on the last rep there. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll, um, yeah, I definitely think I need to get you or, or, or someone in and kind of maybe try and do a group session with yeah. my clients. And, I'd love that. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking, obviously I've got a super small sample size in the grand scheme of things, but I think I've, I'm just quite very lucky to have awesome female clients that have always appreciated that it's coming from a place of like dual learning mm. and curiosity and are more than happy to kind of have these conversations with me, which has been really useful because it means that you can kind of just, yeah, you know, have that feedback and, and explore. So that, that was uh, really, really valuable. I think we've covered some amazing things there around kind of menopause, sports bras, pelvic floor health. I've, I've learned so much. So thank you so much for, for that. Um, where can people find out a little bit more about you, your work, any resources, obviously yeah. what the Well HQ are up to. Um, yeah, feel free to, to rattle off. Brilliant. Obviously we've got the book. Yeah, so we published the book in May called The Female Body Bible and that was published by Penguin and it's now in German and Spanish, audio, Kindle and we found out last week that we've got a Chinese deal so that's incredible. So it'll be published in Mandarin yeah, at some point. Um, and that Female Body Bible is for girls and women to learn about themselves. Like e everyone can read it but it's written from that female perspective um, we've then also just uh, recently published four courses aimed at supporting like personal trainers to kind of really help their clients through the, the life stages. So there's one based on the female body, one on pre and postnatal and one on menopause. They're 100 quid each. They're not expensive and they're super, super practical. So it's not like we go into the science a bit, but it's like, how do you help a client manage her menstrual cycle symptoms? How do you strength train a menopausal client that's got dodgy knees, like big breasts and pelvic floor issues? So it's, it's really, really practical support um and those are we've written and, and everyone within the fitness industry has different experiences of simpspur and the, and the regulatory bodies but we have written a girls and women standard with simpspur and these start these courses are mapped to that standard and for me that's really important because there are like 50 menopause courses out there right now some of them are great some of them are not so great some of them are a mix of not being great and being all right but you don't know, like, how do you know as a PT yeah. which one to go for? Whereas now that this standard has been published, we can actually say, okay, like these are the people that are mapping to the industry standard. And how great is that? Because we then know that what, what the right courses are to do. So for me, those are the two things that like we've been working really hard off and we've got across the line this year is the book and the, and the CPD courses. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, you've done the courses at absolutely amazing value. That's a no brainer for any, yeah. any coach listening. Yeah anywhere else that um people can find out more about your resources have you got any kind of website and we're all over instagrams uh, yeah we're on instagram and with the well hq we've got some you know got lots of blog posts and free stuff on there as well so like we're, we're kind of like everywhere so there's a lot of there's a lot of way to access our content oh, yeah amazing obviously we'll make sure we get all of the links in in the show notes i think we've probably got roughly like two minutes mm -hmm. so i don't know if there's anything else that you feel like we've missed that you just wanted to add as some closing thoughts i think the most important thing is that female health is about females not for females and i think we have we're really entering into that space now. When I first came, when I first started doing pelvic floor, this whole kind of female health space felt quite angry and felt quite, um, you can only be in it. Like, you know, you'd go to a pre and postnatal, you'd go and try and get a pre and postnatal qualification and there'd be one guy there of like 30 and he was kind of made to feel welcome, but he was also made to feel like pretty embarrassed. I was like, why are you even here? Like, this is, this is for women. And I genuinely feel that if you are training women, you have to understand their female physiology and you will not have done that with a standard PT qualification. There's n it doesn't cover any of it. And so we need to stop looking at the females in the room to sort out the issues that are in, fe that are in female health. And we have to go, okay, like I'm, I'm going to go into this space and I'm going to kind of work it out. So that would be my leaving message is that everyone needs to kind of step up and, and 
start learning about this yeah i love that i mean obviously that's a message i can get behind hence why we're here so yeah i think th- thank you so so much for coming on and share that i absolutely love and have always loved how you articulate things and explain things and share this message so it's been an absolute honor to have you on the on the podcast so thank you so so much for coming down today to, to share that Baz. you're welcome thank you for having me thank you if you've enjoyed today's episode it would be amazing if you could do us a massive favor and leave us a review and even if possible a comment The reason why this is so useful for us is it allows us to know which type of content and which guests are best going to be relevant for you and your goals so that we can continue to make the podcast even better for you in the future. Thank you so much so far for all of your support on the Women's Wellness Show.